Hello and welcome to Totem Talks. In our episode today, we have Helen Fruin and... Mr. Mark Smith. Oh, you're Mr. today. Mr. Going for the Mr. Saluting the Mr. Thank you. Uh, Today we are talking about writing a book. It is a pretty hefty topic. I'm surprised that we haven't done this before. I'm surprised how hefty it is. Honestly, I think when I've heard people before talk about, oh, I'm writing a book, it's such an emotional journey... I was probably one of those rude people who's like, well, it's not like having kids or doing something, yeah. you know, it's just writing a book. It can't be that big a deal. Not really. But apparently oh, that is goodness. complete nonsense and it is a it is a challenge. Yeah. Wow. Who knew that actually doing something well and good was hard, if that makes any <laughs> no sense. No surprises there whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I feel quite rude for anybody who said to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I ever said to anyone, oh, writing a book doesn't sound that hard. It does sound like a mammoth task. But a mammoth task versus the level of emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I, I was not prepared for that. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. I, I thought it would be like painting a house. You know, it's a, it's a right. big deal. Yeah, it's big gonna, task. Couldn't take a lot of time. But, you know, to, to have to have the emotional conversations we've had over the last few weeks has been quite surprising. And frankly, awesome because we've learned new stuff and I love learning new stuff. It is good. So what is the first thing that we have learned about writing a book? Oh, gosh, where to start? Uh, that it's really good to know why you're writing the book. Really? Wow. <laughs> What's that reaction? It seems obvious. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe there's something about... Uh, Maybe some people just think I'm going to write a book because I'd like to have a book. Like it maybe seems like a nice ego thing to have Mm. a book with your name on it Uh, versus maybe some people are thinking I want to write a book because it might lead to other business opportunities for me that my name is out there as an author. Uh, Maybe some people want to do it to make money. Maybe some people want to do it because they have something they just really want to say to the world and they want to write it down. I think if you just assume I want to write a book and that's fine, we miss something because we don't fully acknowledge why we're doing it. I think when we do say, so for me personally, uh, we did vision boarding, which is a brilliant experience. I, something I recommend to people to do yearly, ideally, just to refocus on what is my vision? What am I working towards? Explain um, a little bit about vision boarding. Cause it's a, it's so a- vision boarding is about getting on a board What is your vision, to put it simply? Uh, So one of the most common ways to do it is get a load of magazines and just cut out pictures, words that really say something to you. And you don't need to analyse why they mean something to you. Just cut things out and then have a look, get a big piece of paper, maybe flip chart paper and stick those pictures down. See what is coming out to you as a really important message. Uh, And what we'll notice from that is things that are important to us that we want either to be aspirations, maybe things we want to achieve, things we want to have, but I'd, I'd be cautious with that. I'm more interested in what does that say about the kind of person I want to be? Because having a vision board full of a nice car and a nice house can put us in a bit of a materialistic mindset, which mm. tends not to make us very happy. Whereas if somehow the pictures that you've cut out, even if you did pick out a picture of a car, Maybe the car says something more about your character or the kind of person that you want to be. That's where vision boarding can be really powerful and essentially saying, am I being that person that I want to be every day? Yeah. If anybody is watching on YouTube right about now, and for those who are not, 
right behind my head, in shot probably, is the bottom half of my vision board. Yeah, maybe just a small corner of it. Yeah, most people can usually see the word boss, as in Hugo, <laughs> Hugo Boss. boss. Um, that's not me wanting to be the big boss, although there is a little bit of that. <laughs> um, it's actually about uh, the brand boss is always appealed to me in terms of uh, they're never um, too showy. Uh, it's never ostentatious. It's always very nicely done. It's a little low key, but it's really good quality. And I think that as a as a being mantra for me right. is why I picked the word boss on on my vision board. And I think there's a really important thing. If you can look at your vision board and see a human being on your vision board as opposed to a human doing on a vision board. Or that's, a human having. Or a, a human <laughs> having on your vision board, then then you've actually got a, a very powerful mm. daily reminder of why it is that you're sat in the office or you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And it, it can be a great source of inspiration. We've we've done it two or three times now. And it's really altered the course of mm. you know our personal lives as well as the business. So yeah. highly recommend a vision board. Absolutely. And so for me this year, something that came up was uh, the idea of doing a TED Talk, the idea of... Oh, you'd be fabulous on a TED Talk. Oh, thank you so oh. much, sir. The the thing for me about putting the TED Talk, again, it's not about the having or the doing in terms of actually doing the TED Talk. It was about reach. So the thing that drives me every day is to help people, to give them useful tools and tips that help them in their jobs every day. And I can do that with... 12 people at a time on a workshop or mm -hmm. 25 people on an online learning environment. Uh, I can do that with an article on LinkedIn that's been seen by a few hundred people. If I want that reach to be bigger, then a bigger stage is what helps with that. So a TED Talk is great because you tend to get larger views. Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of from there came, well, then if you're going to do a TED Talk, why not write a book? Because again, then the reach could be larger. If I've got things that can help people, which I know I have because of the stories people tell me of how it's helped, then let's get the word out there. So that's where this whole idea of writing a book came from. Nice. So it does seem more like a passion project as opposed to a, a, a monetary one or just an ego stroke in terms of writing a book. Sure. And don't get me wrong, if the book were to be very successful, I mean, not very many people get rich from a book. So no. it wouldn't be that you make money from the book. It would maybe be that people hear of you because of your book and then they ask you to do different or extra work so you get some extra money that way uh, and certainly if one of the books behind me on this shelf had my name on it there's definitely an ego stroke in there so there are those elements absolutely but its primary starting point was that vision of reach excellent and what has been the biggest challenge so far not being prepared for the emotional roller coaster, I think. Uh, but I think in terms of a, a kind of concrete challenge, I have been so, so happy to have been on a 10-day business book proposal challenge. Ooh, that sounds quite fancy. Uh, yeah, fancy is probably not the... No, was it not fancy? Well, I don't know. It's really practical and really useful. Fancy makes it sound a bit fluffy. It was really, really good. Uh, so there's a lady named Alison Jones who runs a business book club, podcast brilliant woman uh, she's a publisher herself and the link is um, in the description below 
Excellent. Uh, at Books to the Sky on Twitter as well. So Alison, because she's been in traditional publishing and now she still does traditional publishing, but also does publishing partnering, which is where you essentially go to her with your book and say, I'd like to pay you to be my publisher. It's a very mm. different model. Uh, she runs all of these courses and her book is on it and her podcast is on it to help people who are business owners or business people with something to say, create a business book. And this 10 day challenge was to create the kind of proposal that you would send to a publisher to say, would you like to publish my book? So instead of jumping into writing the book, it forces you to stop and think about why are you writing a book? Who's the book for? Why would anybody want to buy that? What does that mean your messaging is? Who are you to write that book? And what right do you mm. have to say? So really great, challenging questions. And the thing that I found most positively challenging on that, aside from the emotional roller coaster, was the challenge of who would want to buy the book. Because the thing I'm really passionate about and the thing that the book will all be about is difficult conversations. But a lot of people don't want to pick up a book about being honest or facing into conversations they want to avoid. That's why we avoid them. Mm. So actually calling the book Honest Conversations or Being Honest would probably switch off my target market. So that's what led to actually the title needs to be more about getting results or getting what you want or getting a high performing team. That's now gonna be the title of the book so that people who want those results go and pick up the book and then learn the power of having honest, difficult, whatever we call them, conversations to get that result, to get what they want. Mm. I've been quite surprised at how often the 10 day course has challenged the direction in which you're thinking about taking a book. Yeah. Obviously there's a load of different things you can do in terms of narrative style, uh, your target audience, um, who it's written for it, within that audience. And just, you know, just 10 days, basically, you've you've gone on a 360 journey of, of here, there and everywhere. And it's been <laughs> it's been painful at times. I'm not going to oh, lie. Yes. But it has. I think it's been important in order to shake it, shake the idea down. So in, in engineering, we talk about a shakedown run. You know, you've got you've you've got something you think you've got it right. Actually, let's go out and outside and test this and, and see what right. see what falls off when we actually apply some real world stresses to it. And I think the last 10 days have been fruitful yeah. to see actually a lot of the ideas that you initially had um, have not stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great because that means you're not chasing red herrings in 18 months time when you're coming to be, you know, polishing your chapter titles and things right. like that. Um, so that, that's that been one of the, the best things to come out of this process yeah. for me so far. Um, obviously, the emotional journey has been quite a surprise. And for anybody who is supporting an author currently, Good luck to you. <laughs> Anybody who has a partner who is thinking about writing a book, um, good luck, good to, luck you. to you. Yeah, good luck to you. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta take it all with a pinch of salt. Just sit there quietly with your tea, and just slurp whilst they talk. Lots of tea. Lots of tea. Lots Absolutely. of slurping. Lots of mm, <laughs> yes. I, I understand. Just nod sagely and hope. I really like your thing about the the shake it down because. One of the things I think I had in mind before the 10 day challenge was that I would just go and write this book. And what Alison does really well is highlight the fact that if you want your book to be successful in whatever way successful is for you, 
it's got to have people who are interested in it. it it's got to be that by the time it hits the bookshelf, somebody already wants to buy it. Mm. And that was a really big mindset shift from me. You don't you don't just launch a book and go, ta-da, and someone's just going to go and want it. How have you sort of created a following or created a market who are interested in that book, interested in you and what you have to say? Now, I'm in the very fortunate position of having clients and delegates and people who've been on past conferences who are interested in what I have to say. But then to start working with them on the content of the book, that's the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm really excited about is over the next 12, 18 months, I'm going to be creating this book with those people. We're going to be talking about it on here. I'll be posting chapters on LinkedIn. I'll be interviewing our clients about it. And so we get to do the shake it down as we're creating it, which I think is mm -hmm. really exciting. And so whilst it has been a really horrendous emotional journey so far, and I'm sure that will continue, uh, I'm now, as you can see, really excited about where we are. Yep, yeah, and I think for me, there is a there is a paradox in here. So mm. if, as Helen said, if you've built a following of people um, big enough for your book to land well and to land successfully, what do you need a publisher for? Mm. Um, and so this has been the tension for me as as the commercial money man is to be looking at this and saying, well, if 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 you're Tony Robbins, for example, you know, you could write a book on a napkin and it would probably become a bestseller within Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. So what does he need a publisher for? And in the same sense, if you have spent the last 12 to 18 months building a following of people, um, how can you justify at the expense of a publisher because if you go direct to a publisher they're going to take an awful lot in terms of a percentage away from you if you go as a publishing partner there will be, there will are some restrictions within that if you self-publish do you lose a little bit of credibility i think you do um but i, I mean, don't know i think i think perhaps that's changing i think historically self-publishing was seen as a bit of a oh well then clearly you couldn't get a publishing deal whereas now it's maybe not seen so so such a poor cousin of, yes. the, uh, of the publishing deal. But yeah, absolutely. Alison Jones did talk about that paradox of the people who really don't need a traditional publishing deal are the people the publishers are scrabbling to get yeah. to because they want those sales. Of course they do. Yeah. Uh, it's the same for me about how people who are rich and famous get given loads of free stuff. Yeah. They don't need free stuff. Yeah, that's, that's so really annoying, those actually. paradoxes exist in everything. If anybody would like to sponsor the show with the Harley Davidson, I am... <laughs> I am available for a phone call. You're very kind. I know, right? <laughs> um, around the room are a number of post-it notes. Quite a lot of post-it notes. <laughs> they are they are laid out in a nice, neat order, though. And, and with uh, lots of different colours, so I'm oh, happy. Oh, it's sensational, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> They're your chapter headings, right? They are. How have you got there, to my mind, so quickly? Probably because it's not like... This is the first time I've thought about how to have difficult conversations or how to get results. I'm doing that all the time in workshops, online seminars, conference speaking sessions. I'm talking to people about how to get what you want by having honest conversations. So this wasn't like a brand new concept to me. Also, I'm a very simple practical person yes I've said it I'm simple there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth it. Thank you. I don't like making complexity where it doesn't need to be, and I'm not sure it ever needs to be there. Uh, so the very simple structure is, why is this a good idea? 
Why do we often get it wrong? Why is this really hard? How can we overcome some of those things? How can we use neuroscience to help us overcome some of those things? And then what are the really solid practical tips to help us get there? Uh, and as we've commented on in a previous podcast about difficult conversations, a huge part of that is having conversations about how we have conversations. Mm-hmm. So all of those practical tips right there in the book following a really logical structure. Mm. And just as a, as a side conversation, the last few weeks I would have said that, uh, particularly with COVID-19 and the lockdown, but definitely before as well, I speak to a number of people who are struggling with imposter syndrome. Right. And how, have, how are you overcoming that sense of, you know, I, I, I do know that Alison challenged you on what gives you the right to write this book Mm -hmm. and for me that was a that was a huge red flag a husband does not say that to a wife a colleague (laughs) does not say that to another colleague without invoking say to your boss yeah you don't who do you you think you are yeah without invoking um imposter syndrome and so how are you managing or are you not having to deal with that at all Oh, gosh, no, I am absolutely having to deal with it. Uh, So I think there's imposter syndrome of of different guises here as well. So one of the challenges with writing a book that's not a brand new concept is, well, other people have written really good books on this, so I don't need to write one. That's one of the biggest. So it's not really who am I, but kind of why bother? There's plenty of books out there already. Uh, So another great part of the 10 day challenge is looking at those other books and saying, well, what is it that I add that's a bit different? Mm -hmm. So the fact that I have got the neuroscience in there, I have got the really solid experience of teaching people how to do this. So it's not like I'm just sharing what I think works, it's what I know works and Mm -hmm. the stories to back that up. Uh, The piece on the stories, I've got interviews with really great brands about how they've used this stuff and that's somewhat lacking in the other books on this topic so one of the imposter syndrome pieces is um there are other books like this and that's how i've overcome that is being clear on how my book is different i guess uh the other piece in terms of just who am i i think is and i've just done it it's a lot about the language when we start a sentence with i think we kind of reduce the credibility and power of what we're saying. Mm. Uh, You know, I think this, I think this. No, you know what? This is a fact. It is a fact that I have been doing my career for a very long time. I've been teaching people how to do this for a very long time. And I've had incredible, proper on your knees, humbling moments of hearing how those things have changed people's lives. So it's not that I think these are good ideas. I know they are. And so when I get the oh, who am I to write this book? It's about reminding myself of all of those amazing stories people have told me. Uh, Someone once described that to me as like a trophy cabinet, somewhere you go in your mind to think of the positive stories to make you feel better when you're feeling low. Hmm. Excellent. And how can people get involved is the next question because you've mentioned um, potentially getting research done out of this. So how, who... (laughs) so the who is me as in contact me if you'd like to get involved so I'm doing a bit of a vlog picture blog as we were describing it before uh, on Instagram of my journey on this so I'm at Helen Fruin on Instagram if you want to follow me on there direct message me on there then we can have conversations about your experiences of not being able to get what you want, struggling to get what you want, how honest conversations have changed your life. Let's have conversations on there. Uh, On Twitter, we're at TotemLTD. Again, direct messages on there. 
or through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably where I'm going to share the most content because LinkedIn is so useful for sharing articles and posts. So I'll be putting content on there. So any of those places, come and find me and let's have an interview. Let's have a discussion about your experiences with this. You might get your story in the book. Ooh, exciting news. So on that, I think it's a good time to uh, park the conversation for today. As always, thank you very much for listening. As Helen mentioned, you can find us on a range of different platforms these days. Uh, there are links all over the place. So help yourself. <laughs> Go follow one of them. Go follow or many one of, them. of them. Or many of them, whatever it is you fancy doing. Or, you know what, take the afternoon off, have a cup of tea. Have a great day, everybody. I like tea. I like tea too. In fact, let's go and have tea. Awesome idea.